Today's topic is classical China. So, we've got to go back to China. We last learned about the Zhao Dynasty, but the Zhao Dynasty fell apart in the early classical period. And so they divided into a bunch of different tiny kingdoms uh, or states. And so they fought each other. It was violent. It was nasty. Just this, this constant state of violence. And so they called it the Warring States period. Now, in all that chaos, some people wanted things to get better. And so it led to three new philosophies. We're going to talk about two of them. The first comes from a guy named Confucius who used to travel around to try to talk to all of the rulers of all the different places and convince them that, uh, that he was right. He didn't convince any of them, but he built up a lot of followers who wrote all of his sayings and teachings down in, uh, they call it the Analects of Confucius. So Confucius believed that you should focus on fundamental relationships and you should focus on them by knowing your place. You should... For example, we're in the Warring States period, you have the ruler and you have the subjects. Confucius believed that we would have peace if the subjects just understood their duty was to follow the ruler. And if the ruler understood that his job is to be kind, as benevolent as he can, and to make sure that the people have enough to eat. And, and so this, this is the big thing you need to understand for Confucius and Confucianism is that they believe that you should know where you belong and basically stay there. Now this is still a thing. If you go over, if you become a business person, you go over to say Japan, which has some um, Confucius history, Confucian history, um, you'll see that people bow to each other, they reverence each other based on their age and their social status and stuff like that. And you should at least understand why they do it, because it's really different than what we do in the United States. Okay, the second philosophy that comes out is called legalism. What these guys thought is that the reason people were devolving into chaos is because the government wasn't strict enough. And so they came out with really, really harsh, strict, specific laws and really severe punishments, beatings, torture, cutting off body parts and heads and, and whatever. They would also give punishments I if one person in the village committed a crime of some kind, they would give punishments to everybody. The entire village would go down. So it was not, it actually was not very effective. Most people who commit crimes, th there are some who commit crimes just because they're jerks, but most people who commit crimes do it because they're desperate or they have, um, other problems or they're hungry or and so it wasn't effective and you ended up with a lot of super harsh punishments and innocent people suffering but you should know that's what it is it's called legalism okay there's two dynasties we're going to talk about and we're going to talk about each one really fast the first is the Qin dynasty Qin is spelled Q-I-N and it's not pronounced quite Qin, but that's close enough for our purposes. Okay, so the first ruler of the Qin, and as a matter of fact, there weren't very many, but the first ruler was a dude named Qin Shi Huangti. Now, that, that really means the first emperor of the Qin. <laughs> so he, he named, renamed himself first emperor. He does a lot of things. He united China. 
Um, he created a money system for all of China. He built a bunch of roads. He built the original Great Wall. Uh, but we know about him, most of what we know about him comes from his tomb. About 40 years ago, 30-something eh, years ago, they were digging a well. Some farmers were digging a well, and they found these soldiers. They're made of terracotta, this hardened clay kind of stuff. And each soldier is carved to look like an individual person. This tomb is huge. You need to Google it and look at a picture of Shir King's tomb and see what this sucker's like. It's amazingly enormous and impressive. Uh, they haven't opened the part where the emperor himself was entombed, but they say that he was sitting, floating on a river of mercury on a map of China with jewels put into the ceiling to look like stars and gold and riches and everything. We haven't opened it because once archaeologists open it, air gets exposed and everything instantly starts to decay. Mm. They also, they know it was booby-trapped, so, or at least the story says it was, and since the rest of his tomb is pretty impressive, they figure it must be booby-trapped. That, that part must be true, so. Um, hopefully someday we'll be able to see what this sucker's like inside, uh, besides the army that guards it. Okay, uh, then we move on to the Han Dynasty. And the Han, they, they do two big things that you need to know. First, there were a bunch of invaders called the Zhongnu. Zhongnu, they used as the name of the head of the Huns in Mulan, but it was actually a whole group of people. They were nomadic, uh, they rode on horses, and they kept invading the cities of, the nor of northern China. And so finally, uh, a dude named Han Wudi, Han was his surname, he goes up and he defeats the Zhongnu, stops them, uh, absorbs a chunk of them into China. So you just need to know that they get defeated. Who they are, they get defeated. And then finally, the second thing that the Han do is they make trade much more expansive. In fact, they expand the Silk Roads. They are trading all the way with the Romans, all the way from China to the Roman Empire. This is huge. They move their capital to the west so that it's along the Silk Roads to a city called Shang'an, and, and they expand trade. They were incredibly prosperous, and that's what you need to know.